Cameron, how's it Yo, going? It's going good. I, I noticed you were muted like during that. Did you, did you turn off your mic just for the intro? Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I, I just noticed that. I was like, oh, I, I hope it, things didn't break. But <laughs> no, we're good. Yeah. Uh, but how you doing? Doing all right. Doing pretty chill. How, how'd that draft go? Your- uh, it, it was all right. It, could, it always could have been better, man. Like when we're going through a draft recap, I'm looking at the players that I could have selected that I didn't select. And they were a lot better than the ones that I did select. Mm-hmm. But I filled out my uh, position needs. Nice. But uh, I hopefully you didn't pick Jimmy Garoppolo in any of those. Jimmy is old. He's actually a free agent. And our, after our first season, the Niners team didn't even use him. Oh wow! He, he cut him after one. They, he, it's yeah, it's crazy. I was just talking to somebody about that. Um, really? How Jimmy? <laughs> how Jimmy's like value and all? How all that hype just went to rest and just died. And then in the last couple seasons, well, the, injuries don't help. The, yeah, the injuries don't help, but also it it helped for him to have that rise when the Niners' de- uh, like line was absolutely like the best line in like the entire league. Like it, I feel like it, I, I I'm a casual football you fan. Their but defensive it, line. Yeah. Their defensive line. Like yeah. if you have a good line to protect you, I feel like, well, could make anyone look good. Defensive line doesn't protect. I'm not well, I'm line, sure. They, I mean, I'm sure they had a, 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 a lot better offensive line um, back when they signed him, but it wasn't the best offensive line. It's kind of a stretch. The Cowboys and 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 the Raiders had a pretty damn good offensive line, mm-hmm. but uh, um, you're you're all right though. They uh, took some hits there at that position. They couldn't protect him as well. But hell, they made it to the Super Bowl the year before, the, right? Yeah, last year. So how how much of a difference could have been made by that O line? I don't think Jimmy is uh, an elite quarterback. I don't think he's above that uh level mm-hmm. yeah um uh, I, don't, I don't think so i don't think so either i don't think he's like like in the top classes but like i i definitely agree that injuries probably hurt him this year but like who, who knows you know his but story I, right I, you know where he came, you know you know his story in the nfl right no what, what? he was like drafted in the third round or something by um the new england patriots and he backed up tom brady for x amount of years probably like two or three years Mm -hmm. and there was this whole i remember there was like a lot of buzz Uh, it was like a big headliner thing uh let's see here yeah he's with the patriots from for three years from 2014 to 2017 picked in the second round so he wasn't just just like a fourth or fifth round that slept. You know, they picked him up in the second round thinking he was going to provide some value to them at some point because Tom Brady was probably like 39 back then or something or 35, and they didn't think he had seven more years left. Mm-hmm. God damn. But um, I remember there was rumors about Garoppolo being traded and 
someone had reported that Bill Belichick would have rather traded Tom Brady at the time. Um, and Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, was the reason why Tom Brady stayed. Looking at in hindsight, you know, um, that would have been a bad decision to trade Tom Brady. Yeah. But, but Jimmy Garoppolo was like so hyped up because he replaced Tom Brady for a couple of games. He won all of his games. And and then then it's just like all of a sudden he's just pro- he's just prodigy now because he's wearing a Patriot uniform and he's winning. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. young. So they traded him for like uh what, like a third round pick or, or second round pick um in the twenty eighteen draft. So they basically just traded they they got back what they drafted him for. They just they, they essentially got the draft pick back that they used on him. Right. I, I wonder, what a waste. Yeah, it it that that is a waste, especially since Tom Brady is no longer in the team anymore. So it's it kind of makes you think like maybe Bel- Belichick was right. Like, no, well, Jimmy would have hadn't have done any better, you know. Yeah, look but at Jimmy now. I I feel like like looking at like the good like good teams in sports. Like I I, I kind of put the San Francisco Giants in that sort of in that sort of category where they know when to buy or sell on like players like Jason, we brought Jason Schmidt up like through our farm farm system mm-hmm. and, or even like someone like Tim Lincecum, like Tim Lincecum had some of his best years, like in a giant's uniform, but we knew like when to cut him loose and just not bring him back. Or even like someone like Brian Wilson, where it's like he had like those really two really good seasons, but and then sign that big contract. And then we, just let him go like after that. And it's like, I feel like teams need to learn when to kind of fall out of love and fall into love. Well, Tom Brady still played with him for two years and brought them to conference championships in a Super Bowl, I believe. So I think, I think keeping Tom Brady, even it's for two years, you know, it's like the Kawhi Leonard thing. Even if you have the dude for one year, if he gets you, if he succeeds, it's worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. So even if he gets you there, he doesn't have, you don't it, even have to win, but almost. But if you win, it's just cherry on top. Then he can leave, and you, there's no spite at all. Like I'm sure Toronto doesn't hate Kawhi at all. No, of course not, because they they won the NBA championship. But I don't know about like the Clippers in that situation, just because like the Clippers, like they can't really make it out of the second round. It's yeah, well, when they played one season with Kawhi, so the, 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 doesn't they have? Isn't this his last season? Because he only signed a two year deal. So he's got one more, yeah. But he only played one season. I don't think you can label them a one and like, yeah, they lost in the second round. But yeah, I don't, I don't think you can mark it up as a failure. You know, yeah, I, I mean, don't. The season was a fail, yes, but I don't think Kawhi's the 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 roster move and um, acquiring Kawhi Leonard and going all in now. You know, mm-hmm. if you can go all in now and and you know. Uh, spend the bank on good player or great the greatest players in the league do it even if you you know fail in the playoffs you still do it you know what i mean right because that's more yeah. getting there than just like scraping by with role players or a couple of you know all-stars that just barely make it in or whatnot you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah I, I know what you mean but I, th- I think it means more like when when players stick with the team for like like Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, that's such an old thing. That's such mm-hmm. that's so in the past. 
Mm-hmm. I don't want that doesn't happen because because of the players aren't don't want to do it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. sure they do, but it's a two way street. You know, I'm, right. it wouldn't it be great if you know teams just never cut somebody. <laughs> yeah, that that look at look at fucking who is the guy Demar Derozan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got traded for Kawhi. Yeah, no, he was the <laughs> he was the, he's the best, you know, a better Raptor than Kawhi ever was. Kawhi won a championship, and he did more than uh, Demar. But come on, man, Demar Derozan is like. Whenever I think of Raptors, I think of Demar and Vince Carter. Right, but Demar first. Two of the two of the best dunkers in Raptors history. Yep. Yeah, easily. Demar is a great player too. Like no, he, his his game, like watching him on the Spurs, he like his game just looks really weird, like in today's NBA, because like I wouldn't really call him like I wouldn't say like he's like one of the fastest players in the league, and I can't really see like like he doesn't really have a three point shot, like he just kind of has like kind of like an old ga- kind of like how when Kawhi first came into the league, like like Kawhi didn't ne- necessarily have a jump shot, like he was good defensively. And like he had a little bit of a mid range, but I, I I don't know. I kind of want to see like if Pop can groom like Demar Derozan to some into what like it's kind of like a do over on Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. since Kawhi kind of left San Antonio in such a, like a a weird way. So I don't know. I I would kind of like to see like like two like two or two more years with Greg Popovich with. Tim kind of coaching like DeMar DeRozan to see where he goes. But, but yeah, um, I don't know. It's um, the Grammys happened tonight. <laughs> I watched that. Yeah. How'd that go? Uh, it, it was cool. Trevor Noah hosted. Um, uh, I, I really like Trevor Noah. I think he's super good. And, uh, and, um, I don't know. I feel I, watching the Grammys now. It just makes me feel like really old because it's like, because, because all, all these, all these new artists, are like, like, uh, I, I've never really, I never really heard of them and stuff like that. Like Meg the stallion and just like Doja cat. It's like, Oh my God, this is, this show has gotten so like Mimi at, <laughs> at this point, but Mimi? I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, that's not a word, but <laughs> But yeah, how so? I don't understand. Like it's, I I don't. It's, I just I just feel out of the loop. I guess that's when it it Too mainstream. Uh, yeah, very very mainstream. Yeah, it's been like that, and forever. Yeah, well, it but it maybe it's I just have... like I'm not in. I don't feel like I'm like like I said I'm out of the loop. Like I don't I'm not caught up on like new artists all that much, but. I feel like like being in the know of who's who and what's hot is so much more of cultural impact than it was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, and even now, it's ago, not even 20, but 10 years ago, too. I've, I th- and I think it's because now, like, people don't really listen to al- albums anymore. Like, the it's like whatever they can post on like Instagram or like Twitter in like a second, like, Oh, check out my new single, but don't check out my it's, but they never say, go, come, go, come check out my new album. And it's like, 
they're they're just looking to get like in the limelight just for Hot just singles. for like a few seconds. In your area. Hmm? Hot singles in your area. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um yeah. It it sort of is uh an industry based off of hits. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I would say people still listen to albums, but it's more selective and biased. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even like, even me to like I can't I, I can't hoot and holler and 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 complain or not complain but uh um comment on how people don't listen to albums when I'm the only albums I listen to are the, the artists that only or only the artists I like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Chili Pepper albums the whole time, Hendrix albums, so who am I to, to rag on someone else for just listening to uh, best of albums or right hits, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, like, I'm not saying like, I'm like, I listen to albums like all the time because I'm definitely just like you. I just listen to the stuff that, mm-hmm. uh, that I'm comfortable with and I'm, that I'm aware of. It's just, I feel like Spotify makes it a little bit harder because it's like, uh, especially with like, the way they kind of generate playlists like on like on their own and stuff mm-hmm. like that i wish i wish they gave more like control to like the users of controlling like a play, like creating your own playlist like you can create your own but it's like when spotify like puts it front and center like oh check out this playlist it's like right. why why would i Go, why would I? Why would I do the effort to create my own playlist when the someone else is doing albums? It's like not a casual thing anymore, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like when you're on a like a road trip or not not a road trip. Like I think road trips is where you listen to albums, but mm-hmm. like when you're hanging out with friends and you're going down to the river or down to the lake or something, and you don't know what to listen to, you know, or or someone asks what do you what you want to listen to and you throw on an album they kind of look at you weird like just put on a playlist on spotify right that's what i get that's how i that's how i feel you know right just put on a playlist like like, like remember the song i got turn up at the club it's like that it's basically it's, you know but there is an art to djing mm-hmm. you know wouldn't you say that djing is a a, a talent yeah the, most definitely a talent like so on the flip side, I could see how, like, you know, putting together a radio show is, uh, takes a little bit of thought. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, I mean? like, it's, it's definitely play- an art. Like, this is a playlist. It's essentially like a three hour playlist mm-hmm. or however long, you know, a show is. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, uh, but yeah. do the Grammys feel like too much pop? Like um, all pop, n- yeah. There's a lot of pop in there. Like, obviously, you have Billie Eilish in there. Like, she's. It's kind of weird thinking, like, Billie Eilish is like pop and like mainstream now. When she like the, just the way, where she started, like mm-hmm. she started on YouTube and like making albums in her bedroom, <laughs> and then now she's like, like has like multiple Grammys and stuff like that. And she won Record of the Year. Yeah, she won Record of the Year. And then uh, Taylor Swift won Album of the Year. Mm-hmm. So another pop artist kind of going back to their roots, I guess. I guess that's why a lot of people like folklore. I never, I haven't listened to it. 
like have you or no i either <laughs> i don't i don't know anyone on these like i'm looking at the grammy awards and i don't, I don't know anybody in these like i know who post malone is you know i've heard people talk about megan the stallion and whatnot and yeah definitely heard billy eilish more than a couple times but i don't like actively listen to anything right yeah like, and even like i go down to like rock i go down to something that's more my genre I, nope yeah, what, what is the, I, I missed I like the best like rock album. What should say? Oh, it was the Strokes. That seems that seems very vanilla. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Like the Strokes aren't, aren't a bad band. It's like it's did just you listen to it. It's I I heard a couple of songs like here and there. So I did not listen to it. Yeah, uh, but. I don't know. I just it's just kind of weird. It's just very mainstream and and stuff like that. Like for for best rock album, like uh, why wouldn't Harry Styles win that? What? That's because I would say I would say Harry Styles is basically turned into a, a rock star. Not even nominated. He was nominated. No, he's not even nominated for that that genre. That's weird. I don't know. Like, well, I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard his music, but. Harry Styles doesn't scream rock album to me. Um. Well, I don't know. His first, his first, de- his debut album was definitely like a rock album, and there's definitely some rock songs like like in there. I don't know. I just, I I I liked his I liked his album like this nominated year for just pop be- vocal. Yeah, hmm? he's nominated for a pop vocal album. Yeah, that's kind of infuriating, but. But I, what do you mean? He's pop vocal. That's Harry Styles. Yeah, but it, infuriating. But, <laughs> just because on I, what ground? Did basically pop vocal is like what mm. he did in One Direction. I feel like there's more there's more guitars and like he it it just feels like he's he's well, in a rock. There's band. another fucking guy in that band that tried to do solo stuff. Uh, Liam. I think there was another guy. I th- maybe it was Harry Styles or someone else. He tried to play guitar out on a um, like a Grammy performance a few years ago. And it was terrible. He butchered the fuck out of it. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I only know Harry Styles from One Direction just because one, he's everywhere, and two, that he's the only one that I listen to out of that band. But yeah. Uh, but you you don't know anyone from from like the list that you're looking at. Not really. The like I I haven't even I haven't uh seen um I haven't heard or seen like Black Pumas, but like they played because they were nominated for a Record of the Year. I actually like their sound. I might. Jonas, I, it was a Jonas Brothers. Sorry. Oh it yeah. Okay. Mind. It was on my mind, and I couldn't I couldn't shake it. Okay. it was, Jonas brother tried playing guitar. It was crap. Nick Jonas, something like that. Joe Jonas, I don't know. I, I don't I think it was Nick. Them. Uh, but but yeah, Black Pumas. Like that's like a like that's like a band that I kind of I was I was digging like during the show. I thought they were I thought they're pretty dope. Um, 
and just like hearing his story, hearing the guy's story too, where he basically like played on the streets for like six years and now he's playing at the Grammys and nominated for record of the year. Hmm. I just like stories like that. So I think, I think that's super cool, but I haven't listened to the album, but, uh, or, or any of their songs, but like I got introduced to them through the Grammys. So that's, that's one good thing, but I yeah. think the Grammy should do more of that. Like they should, uh, you know, uh, for what it's worth, it's a great story and it's really cool. Doesn't take anything away from that dude's climb, but I'm sure they wouldn't have put him there if he didn't already have some sort of a, a mainstream following. Right. Yeah. Well, obviously, because like, I just, that. am I right? I just didn't know. I remember, I remember when Drake uh, was cut short when he won an album. It was. Uh, his acceptance speech of that of the award, he started uh, kind of slamming the Grammys how they don't recognize smaller artists and whatnot, and um, they cut him short. Um, they basically like told him to get off stage, kind of a thing. Oh, the, weird! That's and really weird. Uh, I remember Tyler the Creator has also criticized uh, the Grammys for not knowing how to handle. Um, Rap performers, R&B and uh, rap performers are doing, um, for what it's worth, a better job um, in the last few years of, you know, representing that genre and that culture more. Right. But Obviously, because it's, it's taking over. I feel like the genre is taking over and the it's, you know. It really is. It can't it was, help it, but to recognize it. It's funny that you bring that up because they actually played like this clip like during the show saying that we we understand that like the Grammys don't represent well but but now we're being more open and accepting people of color and like and um and different cultures and it's like a 2 minute video and I'm like and then I I swear to god like not like even 5 minutes later album of the year and record of the year go to two white artists and i'm like i just i just facepalmed like when that happened i was just like okay you're, you're trying to be different but not this year it's just oh i mean they're, rep <laughs> they're still representing that's i hear you that's funny but there's there's still a lot more representation throughout the uh genres well yeah for sure and i thought some of the performances by like uh by like um black and uh, latino artists i thought like the the performances in general i thought were shot in like such a such a cool way like because they're obviously social distancing and um which meaning like they have less people like watching but that means they can open up the stage and it, it almost felt like it was like a live music video in a way because just the way it's shot it just it just made it seem like uh, uh, more cinematic and stuff like that. Uh, but I don't know. It's a uh, um, just just the performances were good in general. So, do you get paid for winning a Grammy or anything? Uh, I think it's more like they will get paid just because of like the notoriety and just like all the sponsorship deals that they'll probably get after, and and also it's just it's just like. Hi, we think your album's good. Here's a trophy. It's like a, it's, it's like a, a, a um, sign and seal, and uh, it's like a seal of approval. Yeah, yeah. By who? Uh, Academy. You know, I know I'm getting all like, you know, uh, 
I don't know what the word is layman about it, but uh, grant, grant the Academy is not all that, but you know, I understand there are, you know, are a respected uh, amount of people on there that have uh, spent a lot of their life studying the art of music and, and others and film and whatnot in different branches, but like still, but like still, come on, like, who cares? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. All, in all like I understand it's such it's a it's such a huge or or when I remember when I was like in elementary school, uh, late like middle later middle school I mean, and in high school I kind of really like cared about the Grammys, and I paid attention to a lot, and it was like a big thing. It was like a big deal, you know, like who wins and who's performing and all that, and appreciating music, but also like who takes home record of the year who who gets the the grammy and whatnot and it now it's just like who cares about who wins right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i feel like that's me getting older too but also rejecting it definitely is because i felt that way too kind of like rejecting uh i don't know what i used to think about it Mm -hmm. what's also possibly uh I don't know what what how it comes across. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I know what you mean. I see, and I see both sides of the coin. It's cool seeing all these artists being performed and getting recognition, but it's only been the last few years that the even the Grammys themselves have been aware of that. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, it's during a time when nearly every organization has to, is facing that same solution. So, you know, they're not special. <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah I, I know what you mean and i feel like this for them I've for always... the best urban uh uh artist uh they you know knew what to do with the quote-unquote urban artists now mm-hmm. but but like all in all like what is it what does it amount to you know what i mean not really not not, not really much but I think I've always struggled like watching like the Grammys just because mainly just because I wonder if it's just like music is my like my thing, but like movies were more my thing. And I always appreciate the Oscars like, a little bit more just because there's always like at least like I felt like there was more movies that I could that, that I never heard of that the Oscars actually introduced me to. Like, how come, like, during the Grammys, there isn't, like, a like a foreign language, like, film or something like that? Or, like, like best, like best world music. And then they perform, like, on the Grammys. It's all, like, just mainstream. So I feel like I, I kind of wish, like, the Grammys would kind of take you that take. Everything on, on uh, the broadcast is going to be catered for uh, English-speaking Americans. Mm-hmm. Not... not for the most part but i mean yeah for the most part <laughs> yeah we can all these other uh nominated categories and there is uh best uh they go from you know country obviously to uh jazz to latin jazz to you know all these other genres gospel contemporary christian music oh wow that's so it's still it's still a little whitewashed here. Yeah, just just <laughs> a little bit. Very Christian, you know, but there's no like contemporary Jewish. Yeah, <laughs> contemporary. Jewish. Okay, no, they still have urban. They still have Latin 
it's with best latin pop or urban album like like that's that's weird mm-hmm. you know what i mean they don't they don't know what to do with there or they're either that or there's not enough of a, a certain like genre that they kind of just lump people together and right kind of like how the golden globes nominates people that's what tyler the creator criticized was their use of urban the word urban yeah mixed together how like it used to be like how some an artist wouldn't necessarily be rap you know they don't want to put him in r&b and and but they don't really sound like the guys they're putting in the category anyways you know Mm -hmm. like i don't know the urban the urban genre is 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 kind of racist too not like like how many like how many like uh black people are nominated for like best urban i think it it looks it looks like a latin thing now oh really okay yeah well even then like that's still i remember urban had a different definition to the grammys uh like 10 years ago it was mainly like like kind of more r i want to say it felt like urban is like r&b to me but different urban can also be like a more dancey poppy mm-hmm. kind of thing but they're not going to put them in pop you know they're not going to put them in dance or electronic. Exactly. <laughs> they got to put them in urban because they they like they have like an urban vibe that's what the grammys like they, i don't know i guess that's a you know, but also, you know, it's worth noting that um, a lot of the, you know, that genre and also to what we were saying before, the underrepresented uh, communities that we're, um, we're more aware of now is still a growing thing. And it hasn't been around as much as like what I'm seeing here, traditional blues album that's been around since the 50s you know bluesgrass albums country music that's been around for nearly 100 years now mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's a lot easier yeah. to have so many subcategories for just one genre and then all of a sudden you got this genre that's only existed for 10 to 20 years mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of crazy like when you bring up like the bluegrass categories is like like uh, that that people are still like making bluegrass music, like like music is such like it's such like a big and broad like like just medium, just be, uh, like form of media because it's like the, people can make music about anything, and like make it they can make it sound literally however they want. Like yeah. with oh. like with film, like with film, like you kind of have like certain guidelines where it's like. It's it's uh, but music. It's like, like any anyone can have like a different sound. So what do you mean guidelines? Though like, like guidelines is not really what I'm saying. Like like a film, like basically, like it has to have video, has to have sound, and and um, and, I see. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. There, there's going to be fundamental fundamental dynamics. Uh, more fundamental dynamics to making a movie maybe that's not the exact thing but uh yeah there's more mediums to filming uh film mm-hmm. yeah there's audio you know there's visual mm-hmm. marketing well i mean 
besides marketing we're, we were just talking about the art yeah um mm-hmm. there's a little bit more there's you know acting directing mm-hmm. whatnot yeah but like with music it's really just it seems much more straightforward mm-hmm. right but i feel like there can still be uh just a deep of as a dynamic making music like by how like what do you mean? Well, um, making an entire album, for one, you know, can be a, a, I I imagine, I've never done it before, you know, but I imagine it's a lot like making an entire film, Mm -hmm. because I think you're making your comparison between film and music with an entire film and just one song, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's not like that for these artists, they aren't just making one song, they're making albums at a time, you know? Mm Mm-hmm piece by piece with these songs but it's an it's a it's still an entire project you know yeah that's where multiple layers you have to have you know most artists it's usually you know vocals bass you know drums and some sort of melodic instrument too Mm -hmm. so i I feel like with the mainstream artists they're they're really just making songs at that point but i see what you mean like with with some of the smaller artists like when they're making albums, like they're telling a story, like from track one to track 10, it's like, we're, we're, we're hearing their story through music, like through music, uh, like what it was like, like in the record, in the recording studio, like when they, what, 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 what happened to them? Like when they re- first wrote this song, when they first thought of the song, yeah, like that's a story in that album. But I feel like the artists like today that are like big, like on Spotify, they're really just trying to grab singles and they're trying to be like famous. I think and... I think what I'm what I'm grasping here from what you're saying is that almost it's it's easier for pop artists to make music than it would be for an established filmmaker uh, because how how much more there is to make a film, no? Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe yeah. that's kind of that's kind of what I'm what I'm gathering and yeah, you know when you break it down like that, when you say it like that, you know Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course but uh i i don't you know when you when you compare an established musician regardless of um intent um you know with a filmmaker i don't think any of them would either or would be easier or harder just because filmmaking has more um like tandems to it you know and more to do uh, it, it looks like um these people who are nominated you know uh from by the academy and the grammys and the oscars both have probably been very experienced in their field so i'm sure both of them comes to them much more naturally because they're practiced you know what i mean yeah I, i'm not discrediting yeah. like anyone but it's just uh you know, I'm, I, I'm bouncing back I'm, I'm i'm bouncing i'm bouncing the idea back to you you know mm-hmm. and maybe i don't know like yeah, and I don't think you're discrediting artists at all, but mm-hmm. but you are a, a little bit with these pop artists. Like I get it too. I don't like the, I don't really like pop music. I don't really, you know, I get it too. The mainstream kind of um, mentality kind of bores me. But mm-hmm. I got to give credit to some of these artists. Taylor Swift is, you know, an incredible songwriter. Yeah, I, I feel it. I'm not really the biggest fan of like Taylor like anymore. Like I, I like, it kind of seems like most of her songs are kind of like 
are kind of the same. They kind of sound a little samey after a while. Yeah. You get a little bored with it. I haven't listened to Folklore, so it might be different, but it's most of the time it's like her complaining about a dude and <laughs> and like and how sad she is and how she's getting over him and uh, you know she gets a lot of hate for that too. I don't listen to her a lot, but she remind you know, I think her equal um it or not equal but maybe like somebody you can compare to how how as a as a musician is John Mayer. Someone who could just easily write songs about something simple and like you wouldn't think or I don't know, not that you wouldn't think you could write a song about it, but they've been I feel like their songs are very formulaic. Mm-hmm. And when you listen to different their different albums and their different songs, some of the some of the songs kind of sound the same because it almost feels like they're following their formula. Mm-hmm. When really they're just writing their songs how they write their songs because they've been doing it for so long. Right. Granted, kind I of like an Ed Sheeran too. Yeah, I well sure. Ed Sheeran sure. seems yeah. very formulaic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I you know, I'd say probably Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift are more relatable than Taylor Swift is John Mayer. Mm-hmm. Because John Mayer has has definitely reached out into other genres, I feel like more than Taylor Swift has. Yeah, J- John Mayer. I like that each one of his albums, like 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 you said, he's a really great songwriter. But I feel like like each one of his albums sounds different. They do as 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 compared to someone like Ed Sheeran, where it's like some of his more poppy albums sound the same. Yeah, but he has definitely done like a blues grassy album you know he's definitely done more contemporary stuff too mm-hmm. but i kind of feel like there's a john mayer sound you know what i mean mm-hmm. like every artist has their sound but 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 someone like john mayer and taylor swift have that very very distinct sound and you're kind of just like well all their stuff is the same mm-hmm. that's not true i don't think it's true but that's just somebody not um you know seeing through the trees kind of right a little bit yeah but Uh, it's all uh it's all subjective you know yeah for sure Uh, i do agree with you about like the whole like john mayer has a sound taylor swift has a sound where like they're one of those artists where if someone's talking about like an unknown uh, like uh, just an unknown artist, and they and someone says, "Oh, that sounds like Taylor Swift." Like uh, John Mayer and Taylor Swift are kind of like in that category where they're what like. Com- does it like bother people to it where it becomes like recycled? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I I think that's different for everybody because the Chili Peppers sound like the Chili Peppers too. But goddamn, I'll never get tired of that. You know. Because to me, yeah, every song is neither. different, but every song has that Chili Pepper vibe to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are definitely some artists that just kind of, it almost feels like they're not trying only because they're, they're, um, it feels like they're cheating. They're doing the same formula. It's like they're a well-oiled machine. But then again, we hate on artists for trying new things, you know? Mm-hmm. And for not sounding like they're when they when all of a sudden they don't sound like the previous album and we don't like it, then we're going to criticize them and say, hey, why don't you sound like Man on the Moon 1 and Man on the Moon 2 to be a direct reference? Well, Kid Cudi's Cudi's change from 
his early albums have been heavily criticized mm-hmm. and people would have definitely a rather hear him just be the same old kid cuddy you know the same you know man on the moon man on the moon kind of vibe and and being produced by kanye west you know being produced by kanye west was huge for him but he wanted to go do off and discover new things and make his own record company and make different music than just the the same vibe you know yeah i feel for artists that kind of that are kind of stuck like in that kind of grind of like kind of making the same stuff but they're in a way they're kind of trapped on making like the same type of music because that's what their fans like and i always go back to like lincoln park i think it was mike shinoda he was talking about like the haters saying like oh why does lincoln park like sound different every single album and and like he always he's he said like like hey if you were in a band would you like playing would you like playing the same song like over and over and over and just mm-hmm. uh, like you're gonna get bored like just playing it uh, like for an album playing it like for right. millions of people it's like you want to try something different and like i always respected mike shinoda after he said that just because yeah. and i i feel for artists yeah that, it's definitely that, hard to do that because it's just like once you hit it big and become a selling artist where you know your stuff is being mass produced or what now streamed i guess um all of a sudden you feel like i don't know i mean i don't know how it is because i'm sure they have deals with record companies where they have to be making more albums and once the first album is a success and they expect second and third albums to you know be just as successful so in order to do that you kind of think they have to sound the same you know there's that you know but it also I think to follow up on what you said, it, it makes guys like John Mayer look even better when he can just switch over and do a blues album and mm-hmm. it, he pulls it off, you know, and his fans are okay with it. You know, right. I mean, I'm sure there are his fans that like your body as a wonderland style stuff and, and, um, dancing in a burning room, uh, slow dancing in a burning room. That's such a killer song, by the way. I love it. I love that song. <laughs> you know, those, um, I forget what album it's from, but those John Mayer friends probably don't listen to the blues album as much. But, you know, I'm sure if they heard it, they wouldn't mind. So right. it, it it seems pretty difficult to be yeah. a very versatile musician and, you know, a marketable one, mm-hmm. accessible one that's why i I enjoy the journey like when i'm fans of artists i I enjoy like like what they're going to release next and just like being basically just on the ride with them and just and and just like um because i feel like uh, like the most like i would say like polarizing chili peppers like album would be um was it the getaway is that the was that the the one that was produced by like a like a DJ or something? Um, the fucking mouse dude, the dude. Yeah, Charles Dead Barker. Mouse. Yeah, is it Dead Mouse? Uh, Dead. No, it, I forget who it was. Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse. Yeah. Yeah, it was produced, and a lot of fans like didn't enjoy that song. But I know that like Anthony Kiedis was was it like like in the studio, and he was just vibing with it. So it's like. 
Like if Anthony Kiedis, Anthony Kiedis is vibing with it, then like I must be vibing with it. So it's kind of like it just. I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, without a doubt, their most polarizing album was One Hot Minute. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I forgot. I forgot about that one. Ninety five. Mm-hmm. Because John Frusciante, because this was right after their breakout album, Blood Sugar mm-hmm. Sex Magic, with Give It Away and Under the Bridge on it, and then John Frusciante a catalyst huge catalyst for the band left and they got fucking drunk ass dave navarro from jane's addiction to come be their guitar player and they just and the band was in a terrible spot they made really depressing music it was still good music but it's not what anyone expected from the guys who just came off of uh blood sugar sex magic mm-hmm. so fans turn on them in a heartbeat and there was also a huge thing because uh, Anthony Kiedis uh, kissed Dave Navarro in one of their music videos mm-hmm. and turned off a lot of the fucking alpha bros. They were like, once <laughs> yeah. they're like, what the fuck? And this was back in 1995, <laughs> dude. Imagine. Imagine doing it, that in 95. It's ballsy of Anthony Kiedis. Right? And, and, and I remember he, him saying in his bio uh, that the record company really urged him not to do that because they... Mm-hmm predict they expected that to happen from their fan base and anthony said fuck it i don't give him fuck it's right my heart, you know and he did it and poof that's ballsy to do at that time and like i think it's always interesting just because like when fans drop off like that like you can always tell who the true fans are the ones that stick around because the ones that are always uh, the no matter what they release or no matter what they do like they'll stick well Depends on what they do. Like if yeah. they're like wearing KKK I don't know. Like hoodies, I mean, but I guess there's a, a sort of debate in that. You know, I mean, we're gatekeep we're gatekeeping when we, you know, say who's true fan, who's not. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I mean, shit. I don't listen to Chance Rapper anymore. I think he sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I I was a true fan back in the day, though. You know. Mm-hmm. Am I not but, a true fan anymore? I'm a true. But you fan. still listen to him yeah. though. Um, I'll listen to Acid Rap occasionally, but I won't listen to his recent stuff. But you, like, so you won't like you're completely done. It, like, if he I'll, releases a new album tomorrow, you won't you I'll, won't check him out. I'll listen to it. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it an honest shot. But mm-hmm. you know, I I gave the big day a shot, and I got halfway through, and I was bored as fuck, and and like what do you think changed you know i watched a big fucking youtube video on it the other day this this dude really broke down went it took a deep dive into it and i forget what he had to say but essentially it was in a culmination of basically him growing up you know getting out of his drug face phase having a kid and um the big oh actually no i do remember the big thing that this youtuber came to a conclusion was that chance got to a level of success where he thought he didn't have to do he didn't have to push his boundaries and he didn't have to do anything more than he already had you know and and that sort of a thing when someone gets big and famous they they aren't hungry anymore and and you know they probably that's that's when they you know, hit the pop recycle button and just recycle all their shit and become lazy. 
you know, because once you hit the jackpot, you don't need to do anything anymore. Right. Kind of ideal there or or mentality, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that has a. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he said well, he did say well, I met Kanye Kanye West. I'm never going to fail. You know, I made Sunday candy. I'm never going to hell. When those lines came out, I was all about it. I was like, Chance, you're right. You know, you're. You're you're a big man, you know. Cindy Kenny was dope. You met Con- you did a record with Kanye West, dope. But in hindsight, it's like, oh, I feel like he he thinks that because Sunday Candy Sunday Candy was such a hit, and he's doing everything for God, that he's this very you know religious, uh, very devout Christian, and and that probably gives him a morale boost and or 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 a sense of accomplishment, I should say. You know, then I met Kanye West. I'm never going to fail. I mean, he just, he just, his ego just inflated and he probably just put it on a cruise. I wonder what Kanye told him. You know, who knows, man? Who knows? Oh, God. (laughs) Well, I mean, sure, at the time, Chance was hot. Mm -hmm. Everyone, no one was doubting Chance. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I mean, what, what do you think Kanye was saying other than you're fucking great? You know, maybe they were, they were collaborating together. I'm sure Kanye was showing him things or it was more of a, like, um, learn over my shoulder kind of experience for chance. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Kanye wasn't like guiding him through or holding his hand, but, uh, I'm sure chance was learning and maybe he just, you know, I don't know. thought he was going to be the next Kanye. Right. I think like, like the important thing to like kind of kind of pull from this is like good things always come to an end and it's like like or you got to continue to push mm-hmm. you got to continue to push your own boundaries in your envelope and you can never rest and if you want to be successful you know i i've come victim to that you know i like spent a good six years four or five years learning guitar and on my sixth year you know i kind of take a break because like I already know how to play kick-ass solos and shit like that, you know, but I'm still not a fucking, you know, songwriter or anything. I'm not a accomplished musician. I just know how to play some solos. And even then I could play better solos. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't let myself be complacent and think, think that my guitar playing is good enough, you know, cause, mm-hmm. cause it's not it really isn't. That's how, that's how I have to think. And I think that, that's how it's like it well your path is just different it and it's much more of a tangible concept for athletes you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's so much more clear because like never settle never once you get to the top and win your mvp trophy don't settle like kobe bryant or um fucking i remember in the weight room one day at football uh practice um uh what was who i'm coming to a blank on his name coach was saying um fuck he was he was on your team or are you thinking like some uh some star there was a professional player he's like um, one of the best running backs of all time fuck i can't remember his goddamn name uh, uh <sighs> you don't know it i bet you don't know i probably don't i, I was just to say frank Gore. Because are you, are you look are you, are you searching? Smith. Um, oh yeah, Emmett Smith did a commercial back in the '90s after they won a Super Bowl, right? 
mm-hmm. and um, he was on the bench press. He was he was you know putting it down, lifting it back up, just doing his reps and whatnot. And a reporter asked him, or like a teammate asked him, "Hey Emmett, you just won the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl MVP. What are you gonna do?" Or something like that. And he and he was in between reps, and he's like, "I think I'm gonna take a break. Or I'm gonna take a little you know." take a little rest and give myself some time off and he, and he sits there with with his arms up still holding the, the uh the bar and he takes a he takes a deep breath and he's, and he's like all right back to work and he just continues pushing you know continues doing his reps mm-hmm. and coach kind of really told that to us to say hey never settle just because you guys can succeed and have succeeded in the past doesn't mean that it's going to stay afloat you know like Dr. Dre said, uh, it's one thing to get to the top, but the hard part is staying there. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker. Like, <laughs> like never, never be happy with like your success. Right. Like you can always, you can always be better. Mm-hmm. You can always like, exactly. You can always improve. Like, I'm sure like doing this podcast, like it's like, I'm not like, like we're, we're all, obvi- we're, we're, we're obviously like not like the greatest, but we've had great episodes. And like we could always we could always strive to we could always strive to be better to like get better quality or yeah, yeah. better I things mean, to talk yeah, about. It's like look forward and look how you can build and grow, but also enjoy the moment too. Yeah. I'm exactly. enjoying the hell out of the moment, but at this mm-hmm. you know, when I'm when I'm playing the shit out of my guitar, I fucking love it. But when I'm done I know that I could do I could find ways to be better. Right. You know what I mean? To push yeah. myself because I'm always trying to impress myself when I'm playing guitar. Mm-hmm. it's impressive but after hearing you know the same style of solos for a good few months it gets kind of old i'm like well now i'm not as impressed because i did it last week you know so i gotta do something new and better mm-hmm. right it's 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 super weird like the human brain just be like it, like the human brain is so used to like being in a repetitive like 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 nature but also it's always good to kind of break that that uh, re- uh repetitive like habit in yeah. order to learn new things. Yep. You see, you know what I mean? Definitely dude. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but I think that's a, that's kind of a good, good place to end it. So for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Cameron. Mm-hmm. For like, I, I, I enjoy doing this with you so much. It's, this is, it's so much fun, especially when we can just like riff like this. It's like, you know, throw out all the ideas and, you know, bring your all the accumulated ideas you've had over the last few days to have it come to fruition and talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. it is kind of, stone it's too. kind of crazy. Just like I was just all, all these things, Kid Cudi and, and Dr. Dre and <laughs> James right. Stafford. I'm just thinking about like Conor McGregor too. Someone suggested that maybe Conor just got soaked up in all of his fame and all of his money. He took all this time off because he could and now he can't win anymore because he's been away from the game. Mm-hmm. It's an, Joe Rogan said, no, it's not because of the money and fame. It's just because he's been away from the game. And Kevin Holland said on the podcast, well, I think it's partly because of the money and the, and, and all, all that, all that shit. And I'm sure it's a, a culmination. Both. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my, that's my last tangent. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, Cameron and I were signing out. Peace. Peace.